I'm Lisa Calhoun, founding general partner at Valor Ventures, and I am here with some amazing founders from Valor's portfolio. We're talking about what to expect from technology in 2021. You know, entrepreneurs are 10% or so of the population, but they create the innovations and the jobs that keep the rest of us going. So I thought you would love to hear what some of our founders are working on and what they're excited about in tech in 2021. Without further ado, I'm going to ask Deb Pazzarella from My Ag Data to kick us off. Hi, thanks, Lisa. We are in ag tech. I'm going to start with education. And the reason that I'm going to start there is my grandkids are all e-learning. And my conversations with my granddaughter have gone from, you know, playing with an iPad to uh, Google Classroom and Google Meets and Google, Google, Google. And so what Google has done is a terrific job marketing and selling to the next generation of kids. I mean, these kids coming out of elementary school or junior high today are going to know much better how to manage their time. So the pandemic is just one way for our next generation to learn how to use tech. And in the ag tech industry, what we focus on is automating current manual processes. So what my ag data is to the U.S. Department of Agriculture is similar to what um, TurboTax and Tax Act are to the IRS. We're going from paper acreage reports to electronic acreage reports. You click on a map, you report your acres to the government electronically, and ideally you e-sign that. That is a complete transformation, similar to the transformation being done in education today, because with COVID, farmers can't go into their local office and they can't socialize with the people that they do today. And they have to figure out how to interact the way that we're interacting today via um, social media and technology. So what my ag data is there is to transform the way that farmers interact with the USDA. So we're pretty excited about where this can go in 2020 and the automation that it brings. Great. Andrew McConnell with Rented Inc. We, for the vacation rental and short-term rental industry, are the leading provider of revenue management and pricing services and technologies. And what we're seeing in the short-term rental industry, besides a lot of attention around the Airbnb IPO, is a, a real awareness boost and jump in two main areas. So the first is an awareness of the category. Uh, if you went pre-2008 in the financial crisis, only about 20-something percent, 23, 24% of Americans would stay in short-term rentals. They really looked at hotels when they traveled. The financial crisis for financial reasons really upped that. And we saw 30, 35% of people started traveling. They could no longer fly to Bali. They were driving, stay at the beach. We saw that same kind of inflection point with COVID. So not necessarily entirely financially driven, though partially, uh, but much more people didn't want to hop on a plane and risk their life. They didn't want to hop on an elevator with a bunch of snotty children that may or may not be carriers. And so they wanted to get away and they wanted to drive there. And that really led to a surge in uh, new guests finding and staying in and loving short-term and vacation rentals. And I expect just like in 2008, that surge will stay. People have discovered the category, they want to stay there. The other big inflection point on awareness came from the professional management companies. So historically, when the industry was year after year growing so well, people could sit back and set rates of the year before and say, hey, we'll just bump every rate 3%. We'll bump every rate 5%. And it looked like they were doing a great job. Every year they made a little more money. Um, but it never really worked if your goal is to maximize revenue, maximize your revenue per uh, available room. And in a pandemic world where 
occupancy disappears, where demand disappears and then surges overnight, it made it more apparent than ever that they needed far more sophistication in pricing and revenue management, like hotels already had, like airlines already had, like any e-commerce business already has. And so that should make the category even more available for more guests and get more homeowners interested in renting their homes in the first place. Awesome. All right. I am Jeannie Tarkenton, founder of Funding You, and we are sort of one foot in fintech and one foot in edtech, but I'm going to go strong in the fintech because I see a lot of interesting things happening in 2021, and I'm going to refer to it sort of as the rise of the rest. I think there's going to be a lot of focus on the 170, 200 million consumers who are not the, who've been long ignored by uh, fintechs who tend to focus on kind of the highest net worth consumer, uh, sort of the the shiny thing and the rise of the fintechs who are really, really focusing on the big addressable market of the 170 million American consumers who do not look like that. So I think it's really going to be our turn, both fintechs who serve uh, moderate low income, people who uh, aren't necessarily sliding or uh, cruising by here economically. Um, and I think COVID has brought a big, big focus onto that. So I think that both fintechs themselves and the investment community and the consumers are going to be looking pretty hard. At, at who's serving that consumer. So um, I think it's going to be a moment where there's a lot of walk the walk. Um, so I think big incumbents are going to be looking to innovators to help do, I think there's going to be a lot of partnership um, of big financial institutions with smaller innovators. Um, I think it's a wonderful thing, a bit that the Band-Aid's been ripped off. People are more comfortable talking about the need to provide more product to more people in a more fair pricing model. So I'm super excited because I think the big players are going to be really pushed, um, both from their own boardrooms, but also from their own consumers. You know, what are you doing? How expansively available are you? And if you are not, who are you going to partner with or acquire uh, to make that happen? So in our world, I see that as a financial access. Um, you know, what we do is building data that allows credit to be given to people who do not have deep credit history. So we're just an example. I think there'll be a lot of people working in, in that financial credit access. So that's, that's my observation. Yeah. So I guess it's, uh, I guess it's my turn. It's a pleasure to be here, Lisa. Thank you so much uh, for having and, and putting this, this whole thing together. And uh, to really introduce myself, my name is Nelson Thomas, co-founder, chief marketing officer of Ecotex. And Ecotex is a company involved in the ed tech industry, founded on the principle of trying to democratize access that all students have the abil ability to get the textbooks they need um, on day one of class um, so they can reach their respective full potentials and let it not be because of overbearing textbook costs that they weren't able to, uh, to do so. And, uh, you know, it's been an exciting journey so far, and it's a pleasure to be here alongside so many uh, fabulous uh, founders as, as we talk about, you know, what's to come in technology and coming in 2021. And, and looking at the lens of educational technology, it's really been a transformation we've seen uh, sparked by um, the unfortunate occurrences of COVID-19. And, and when we're looking at kind of what's to, what's to come within the realm of, of here is, is how do we maintain the same standards of education that we're accustomed to wherever the classroom may be? Right. And that's going to be a large place of importance for, for universities moving forward in this world of quote unquote Zoom U is being able to ensure that their students are still going to be receiving the high quality um, education that are accustomed to in that they were accustomed to inside the classroom. And, and that's one of the things that we're really taking a lot of pride in in Ecotex is the ability to enable collaborative conversation and insightful dialogue right within the margins. So you aren't losing that standard of education and that students are still getting something that's really worthwhile, even though they might not be in physical campuses. 
Um, so it's a changing world, it's a changing dynamic, and this has really sparked a lot of innovation. Um, but, but the key is to really make it impactful. Um, uh, so in the new world that we're coming into, um, we can really um, be worthwhile and sustainable in a way in which we can block out and protect ourselves against occurrences like this again. So, uh, I'm excited to be here and have this uh, wonderful conversation. Thank you again. Nelson, thank you so much. And Genie at Funding You, Andrew at Rented, Deb at MyAg Data. We have covered agriculture, finance, real estate, and educational technologies with a lot of previews of coming attractions. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to the Atlanta Startup Podcast. You know, we're not just a podcast, we're a community, and we'd love to see you at one of our digital or physical events. Go to valor.vc and sign up for an event that makes sense for you. We have events for founders and the investors who back them. Another event you might enjoy is Startup Runway. The Startup Runway Foundation is a Valor organization that provides $10,000 grants to founders who are women or people of color building next generation software products. Applications are free, and we'd love to hear from you at startuprunway.org. That's startuprunway.org. And as always, thank you so much to the organizations that make this podcast possible. Not only Valor Ventures, but also Right to Market, a tech marketing and PR agency in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Startup Runway Foundation, and Atlanta Tech Park, Valor's headquarters, and also headquarters for over 100 local entrepreneurs building global businesses. See you next week. Please bookmark the podcast and join us.